Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The Big 12 yesterday announced their preseason football media poll. Oklahoma was picked in the top spot with 68 first-place votes. Texas second with nine first-place votes. And third, Iowa State. It's the highest preseason selection for the Cyclones since the Big 12 moved to 10 teams. Iowa football has picked up another commitment for the 2020 recruiting class as six foot seven, 220-pound tight end Luke Lachey commits to the Hawks. Lachey is the 22nd commitment in the 2020 class for Iowa and picked the Hawkeyes over offers from Michigan State State, Nebraska, LSU, Wisconsin, Iowa State, and West Virginia. With the commitment, Iowa moves to 17th in the country for the 2020 recruiting rankings. High school baseball scoreboard from last night on a game heard on 1460 KXNO. It was Ankeny Centennial coming back for the 6-3 win over Des Moines East. Boone beats Dallas Center Grimes 3-2. Dowling Catholic with a doubleheader sweep against Mason City 11-4 and 6-3. Valley and Atumwa split a pair. Waukee with a sweep against Des Moines Hoover. And in a top 10 matchup, Southeast Polk sweeps Urbandale 5-3 and 9-4. The second half of the Major League Baseball schedule gets started tonight with the single game as Houston's on the road to face Texas. The Astros have a seven and a half game lead in the American League West, including a nine game lead over Texas. According to a report from ESPN's Adam Schefter, Chargers running back Melvin Gordon has informed the team that unless he receives a new contract, he will not report to training camp and he will demand a trade. The former Badger averaged 5.1 yards per carry last season, including 14 touchdowns. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, they are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you for the next couple of hours and uh, talking sports with you. Coming up on the program today, we're going to preview the second half of the uh, Major League Baseball season. Looking forward to getting into that at some point, Trent. We'll have to uh, revisit our over-under totals. Matt Snyder is going to join us from CBS Sports, covers MLB. He'll join us at about 10.25. If you're a UNI panel, Panther fan, the voice of the uh, the voice of the Rimas, <laughs> the voice of the Panthers, Gary Rima slides on in here at ten forty five. I like the sound of that. The voice of the Rimas, the, the you and I Rimas. Yeah, I bet he does too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're gonna get Gary before he takes his uh, annual vacay. He takes usually the last couple of weeks of July off, so we had to get him here this week if we wanted to get him prior to August, and we did. So we will. He'll join us at ten forty five. We'll preview week one as they will head to uh, Ames to take on Iowa State. More about them coming up here momentarily. And then in the 11 o'clock hour, speaking of Iowa State, Alex Halstead, 24-7 Sports, joins the program, followed in by Mark Morehouse from the CedarRapidsGazette.com. Well, Trent, uh, did you and Ross have fun last night at, uh, what is it, Powell Field? Yes, yeah, Powell Field, the complex also is named after somebody and. Soon enough, I, I I threw it out on the air during Fanatics yesterday as I was sitting in with the guys. Peterson Press Box. What, Ross Peterson? Well, you could go with two guys there, right? Yeah, it's a little early, but look at Ross. How about Randy? 
He's an alum too. Yes. So you get a, you kind of two for one deal there. I, you know what? I, mean, I love Ryan, I, I love Ross Peterson. Yes. I think Randy would be the right answer <laughs> yes, there, just yes. because the complete body of work. When it's right. all said and done, Ross may elbow Randy out of that spotlight, but um, for now. Yeah, it would make some sense. So, But it was a good time. You had fun. I know you're looking forward to it uh, for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we talked a lot about it. Had a great time out there. It's always fun. You know, Ross knows so many of the kids and the coaches. Yeah, and it, I see that on the, on the, not the marquee, but what do you call those little, some kind of sign? Yeah, where that you can put letters in. You can make sign. You can send messages, things like that. Put it up there. Hot dog sale, whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, right when you walk into the field from the backside of it. And on it, welcome home, Ross. Really nice. cool, and, and you can see he was a little embarrassed, but he was also tickled I bet by he it. was. I bet he was. It, was. it was a good game? It was, yeah. 2-1 lead in the sixth setting. Couldn't hold on for East, though, as uh, Centennial tied it in the sixth and then put four up in the ninth in the seventh inning excuse me, to uh, get the victory. So, real good game. Two really good teams. Mm-hmm. East 21-11. and 11. The problem for them, the top seed in their sub-state, Johnston. Mm. It'll be a very, very mm. tall hill for them to climb to get there. <clears throat> And uh, on the other side, well, there'll be no attended. coverage if it's sadly for East if, yeah. it's, if it's the games at Johnson because they don't allow you to go there. No, nope, which not is a allowed. complete head scratching move. But we've talked about that before, and I don't want to beat that proverbial dead horse any longer. Um, so Centennial's uh, Centennial, good. on the other hand, yep, they they threw they're probably their number four starter. They got a couple of really good guys at the top. They're the top seed in their sub state. Look, we're going to see a lot of CIML teams in the four A field again this season. No surprise. Baseball, you know, all the sports that are out there. Football, there's the powers, obviously, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot of depth. The depth of this conference, baseball-wise, I've been covering high school baseball now here in the in the Central Iowa area for a decade, and year after year, it is seven, eight of the top te- ten teams in Class 4A come from Central Iowa. It's just top to bottom. You look at some of the records, and even Johnston, they're number one. They have five losses on the years, and well, are they really that good? They are. It's just the schedule that you have to play in the CIML. It's ridiculous. And uh, we're seeing it again this season. Should be a fun one right at the end of the July into August with the state tournament. Uh, good stuff. Well, uh, I want to start with uh, with Iowa State. Look, I, I can't help with the ESPYs, and as you alerted, even if we wanted to, we couldn't have seen it as DirecTV subscribers last night. I, I didn't realize that uh, the ESPYs has risen to a point that they are now showing up on ABC and not ESPN. Um, ABC apparently had the ESPYs, right? And yeah, that's been for a couple out. years. Yeah, has a couple of years that that's been the case. I can't remember the first year, but... Yeah, because I flipped right on when I got home last night to 206. There's poker on. Well, where's the ESPYs? Oh, ABC. So you went over there and you got the message. And then I got the message yeah. from Nextstar. And call your DirecTV, uh, uh, call DirecTV and here's the numbers because this is all on them. Yeah. And then you call them and they'll tell you that it is all on Nextstar and round and round and round we go. Figure uh, it out. In, indeed, figure it out. So, but, but at the end of the day though, what are we really going to miss? Oh, yeah. where's the British Open? It used to be on ABC. Ooh, that's a good call. And that's next week. That is next week. Absolutely. That's scary. That'll leave a mark. That'll get people calling, right? Now, I think it's ABC. Oh, boy. I'm going to look it up here. British Open TV schedule for 2019. Oh, this would be bad. Well, Golf Channel with the early coverage. Mm -hmm. NBC. Bang. Perfect. Has it now. So we don't lose. So the only thing that uh, is going to throw a monkey wrench, perhaps, is going to be Cubs baseball on Channel 23 and KCWI. And the few games that Five has, they still have. Do they? Not very many, I don't think. No, no, it's it's a a handful, but yeah, that's it. 
Figure it out. Yep, Get figure it, it out. Absolutely. Well, it's not like they, I mean, do they have a lot of leverage? What What? what do you watch ABC for? Well, uh, Modern Family, kids show, yeah, like, sitcoms, my wife, Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Not so much for you. Mm-hmm. They don't have a whole lot of sports there. No, that's just that's my point. There's there's not no. a lot of sports. sports Saturday there. night college football. That's gonna be <laughs> yeah. All right, so so, so the uh, uh, the clock's ticking. Yes, as yes. we move forward, on this great point. Forgot about that little uh, nuance of this uh, contract. Sorry, Ken, dude. can't watch uh, Ohio State Michigan. Well, no, and then on the twenty fourth of August, right when we get that one game, where is that? That is in Orlando. Yeah, but where on the TV dial is that? I think that's an ESPN game. I'm looking. It's a mid-afternoon game. No, too. it's night. I thought. No, 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 no. Not a night game. Nope. Because I heard that just the other day, and I was as surprised as you were. I want to say it's like a three o'clock kickoff, something like that, middle of the afternoon for Miami, Florida, and they'll be playing that at the old Citrus Bowl, the revamped Citrus Bowl. All right. Well, I can't get the internet to go in my iPad. Boy, the internet up here is just brutal. It's rough. Makes it rough on you sometimes. Because uh, I want to know this answer, Trent. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. I so, thought it was a night game. Yeah, a little bit later than uh, later than I had heard earlier. But yeah, six o'clock. And ESPN. who's got it? ESPN's got it. Okay, so they've got till the thirty first or whatever it is of August to figure that out because we certainly don't want to. Well, you know what? At the end of the day, Iowa plays at night. We'll be watching the Hawks on the Big Ten Network at six thirty because they they start the season at night, right? But you want to flip over to eh. Oregon Auburn. Yeah, maybe, but um, more importantly, anyways, yeah. uh, this is what we deal with, folks. It's not easy doing what we do. <laughs> it's rough. It really is easy doing what we do, especially now once we turn the calendar to August. Okay, so um, I, I guess the, the big talker to begin the program would be the release of the Big 12 media poll. Uh, I gets people talking about it, and, and, and once again, just uh, the relevance of Iowa State. And, you know, we talked about it yesterday, that when we talked to Bill Bender and in one of Bill's articles, and I encourage you to go read it, sportingnews.com, the trap games, and and he had elevated to a place to for Iowa State anyways that jumped off the page to me. It's no longer Iowa State waiting to trap a school. You know that they've got that they've got that visit to uh, that game at home against Iowa State, or they go to Ames, and that's a trap game because yeah, they're three and nine, they're going to finish three and nine, but they're going to beat somebody, and maybe it's going to be you. Well, that's no longer the case. They are now in. Watch out, Iowa State! Don't get tripped up. Right, uh, they are no longer the uh, uh, the team that looks to be doing the trapping. So, anyways, um, now that the poll comes out, and here they are, uh, pick number third in the uh, uh, in the Big Ten media poll. That's that's a remarkable, Trent. Where this program and what this guy has done with this program, I don't know. I, I didn't. You you want to think that he's going to be the guy, but the Paul Rhodes was going to be that guy. So sure. was Chiswick. You know, we've heard that happen. a lot, yeah. but Matt Campbell has been that guy. Um, picked third. And where they've been picked in the past, I think last year, where were they? Fourth or fifth? Yeah, right In the reach. preseason poll. And that was the first time that you've seen them any other, any place other than ninth. And they had a string of nine, 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 nine. And Kansas 10, 10, 10, 10 <laughs> for seemingly, um, you know, a decade or so. But Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, TCU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas Tech, West Virginia, K-State, and Kansas. To see this team in third, to go a step further and see the number of guys that they named to the preseason all-conference first teams. Not honorable, Not mention. honorable mentions. Where they feel bad for Iowa State, I will stick this kid here. Yeah, yeah. We'll give him an honorable mention because the rest of the roster is P.U. Um, How many conversations did we have during the summers of years past? How do you get to six? Yeah, if you, it's, get, it's how a, do you get to a an annual talk? It's an annual talker. 
How do you get bowl eligible? Right. It's not the conversation no. anymore. And and I really do believe that it is a clear top three, and then the rest of the league. And here's the other thing. If, and I believe Matt Campbell, that he really wants to be here, and I, I truly think that the two jobs, it's Ohio State or maybe Notre Dame, and neither one of those are open at the nope. present time. I guess Notre Dame might be the one to open first of all, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how long the leash is going to be for Ryan Day. We'll see. Um but if, if Matt Campbell puts down some roots here, and I, I believe he is, Trent, this team's not going anywhere. Look what they've got coming back. Sure, they're going to lose some guys on the defensive line next year. But, man, oh, man, they've got some players coming back, including a quarterback who will just be a junior, including a middle linebacker who will just be a junior. Those two young running backs are going to be terrific. Charlie Kohler is going to be, you know, I think an elite tight end. The offensive line's getting better. Point being is this isn't a blip. I don't believe. I really and truly don't. I think Iowa State is going to be talked in these conversations toward the top of the media poll for the foreseeable future. That's where the program has come. Depth has always been a big concern with this program, even when they've had good teams. They've had teams on paper that you get excited about, but an injury bug hits, they got no chance. The depth that is being built out is different. What they're being able to develop along that defense is completely different than anything certainly I think we've ever seen before with Iowa State and what they're doing on that side of the football. And you, you just kept going on and on and on. This is, like you said, it's not a blip. This is a solid mm-hmm. foundation. This is yep. built the right way. It's not built with JUCOs like Snyder did at Kansas State, and it's a continued shuffling over and getting the guys in the right spot. There is an absolute process here that is being maintained by Matt Campbell. And he's recruiting well, by all accounts. And I, I think I'm ready to go out there. I think I'm going to pick Iowa State to go to the Big 12 championship game. I don't think you're going to be alone. I, I, I don't. Um, I'm not sure I can go there just yet. Um, you know, I like Texas better than I like Oklahoma. If I would have been asked to um, participate in the poll, I would have put Texas on top. It was 68 to 9 as far as first place votes. There were 77 media members asked to participate in this poll. Were you surprised the gap there? Yeah, between I was, the I was two? shocked. I, I was shocked because I think Texas is legit. I do. I don't. You know, I, I'm not sold on this team. Who would you rather have quarterback-wise? Oh, Ellinger. I would Ellinger too. over Hurts, yeah. but Ellinger with the style that he plays mm-hmm. at, with that physicality, is he going to run for 16 touchdowns again this year? Mm. Is he going to be healthy for 12, 13 games? Mm-mm. This is a team as good as they looked against Georgia, mm-hmm. as good as they looked in some of those they big games. phenomenal against Georgia. Yeah, it was lost to Kansas. Yeah, well, they, and that wouldn't have been the first time either. <laughs> right, yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Helped uh, get get what, Charlie Strong fired losing and, that one to the Jayhawks. And they come to Ames on In, the 16th of November. Them coming to cold weather? Sign me up. It hasn't uh, happened very often. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And we'll it's different. See. I hope that is a cold, blustery day. I want to see those Texas guys, how, mm-hmm. how they handle the cold weather. It's going to be different for them. I like Iowa State in that game. I still like Oklahoma the best. And they play them back to back weeks. They do. Yeah, Oklahoma scheduled Texas. not the best way, but and then they finish Kansas K State. So I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you if you do trip up at that point, you're still playing for a pretty nice bowl. Um, at, at least you would assume. Uh, unless I mean, I I cannot see. Look, we were dead wrong two years ago about, ago about Iowa basketball. Completely, embarrassingly off. We were. Yeah, we weren't alone. No, no. I don't think we're wrong about this Iowa State team. This would be in that Iowa basketball category, yeah, though, yes. if we swing and miss. Because everybody loves them. I think it's absolutely legit that they do. But you go back a couple of years, it was the same thing for the Hawkeye Hoopsters. Speaking of which, Scott Dockerman, 
at the Athletic. He told us on Monday when we spoke to him, he's, uh, when we asked him, well, what do you got coming up this week? Doc, want to preview anything? And Well, I got a piece coming up on the state of the uh, program and uh, in Hawkeye Hoops. It posted today at the Athletic. It's a great read. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a long read, but if you're a Hawkeye fan, if you um, you know follow the two teams in the state and you want to, sure, it's almost on the precipice of football season, but it's, it's a good read. Uh, and I encourage everybody to do that. And uh, if you haven't spent your two ninety nine a month and you're waiting to do so, uh, now would be a pretty good time because it is certainly worth the money. Back half of the baseball season, you're a baseball fan. Tons of college basketball and football. And NFL. Their... They've all every team's yes. got an, an, an assigned beat writer. Um, yeah, no, it's it's, wor- it's worth the money. And, and if you're a hockey fan too, like I am, yeah, where you don't get a lot of hockey coverage. Well, there's not a lot of Winnipeg Jets articles on national <laughs> websites. They've got an assigned guy. It's phenomenal. It's a great, great, great P, uh, website. Speaking of kind of the, the two ninety nine a month, I, I was reading the article on SI.com the other day, and I got the little pop-up, subscribe now, 98% off cover price or whatever. To Sports Illustrated, the magazine? To the actual magazine. And I thought about Didn't it for a moment. Didn't they just get sold? They, they, yeah, I think they did, but... Thought about it, and then I remember the last time I had Sports Illustrated, which was probably oh man, the eighties for me. Oh really? Yeah, long time. See, I, I was I loved Sports Illustrated. I was for a sporting a very news long time. guy. I, same, the same. News, the newspaper before the magazine. Sport. I, I had was, sport. Yep. yep. That was Inside I Sport. I read in. I had Inside Sport. Did you get that? Never got that one. Yeah, no. Inside Sports uh, was good. I don't know how long it lasted. Seemingly right. didn't last. Yeah, but I used to get all those. Not a kid, but you know, teenager twenties. So I'm thinking. All right, I'm. Pull the trigger. I think it was thirty-two dollars for two years. Thirty-two bucks for reasonable. two years. And then I remember the last time I had it. And the reason that I canceled it was because never read it. Mm-hmm. Come in the mail every month. Now it's bi-weekly, but come in the mail, sit on the counter for a while, and then I throw it on the coffee table. Yeah, and sit there. Well, who and, do they? What do they have for writers anymore? That's the question for me. Oh, good question. I. I don't even really know anymore. Most, of the, most, I mean, Rick Riley has moved on, right? Yeah, and that's where I started back in the in the nineties with the magazine. Is on that back sheet, you flip over the back cover uh-huh. and go right there. And I just didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's great Did you value. Like faces in the crowd was that something oh, yeah. that drew your attention? Yeah. And whenever there'd be yeah. an Iowa kid in there, I'd get real excited mm-hmm. about it and say, "Oh, where's where's Fairfield, Iowa?" Hmm. <laughs> Growing up and, and finding the different parts of the state, these people that came out of nowhere. But yeah, for me, it was the trigger. No, well, you probably did the right thing. For me, it was the first couple of pages. It was the pictures. Oh yes, and it's phenomenal, phenomenal pictures. Uh, you know, I, I came across this yesterday, and I didn't. Where, where was uh, what uh, in um, two thousand nine Major League Baseball draft? I don't expect you to remember it. Okay. Mike Trout, Mike Trout was what pick? What overall pick? Twenty third is twenty five, twenty fifth, and I was shocked. Yeah. I had no idea. So I, so I Googled or wiki the 2009 MLB draft just to see is who the, some of the locals drafted. Uh-huh. Uh, a little revisionist history. Now, the overall pick in that draft was Steven Strasburg. Okay. I get it. Yes. I get it. Yes. <clears throat> but then 23 more guys came off the board before Mike Trout came off the board. I don't remember this kid at all. And he pitched in an All-Star game, and he was the 12th overall pick by the Kansas City Royals. Do you remember Aaron Crow? Aaron Crow. He was an All-Star. I'm guessing the team was so bad in 2011 Uh that they had to find somebody, and Crow, you do it. (laughs) I don't. He was the first pick that year for the Kansas City Royals. How would Mike Trout look? Take that. 
The St. Louis Cardinals had the 19th overall pick. They took Shelby Miller. Now, not a bust. No, no. Uh, but no longer with the Cardinals, and he's bounced around a bunch since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you'd rather have Mike Trout. Absolutely. Your Minnesota Twins. Oh, boy. Drafted 22. Uh-huh. Now, I think uh, that your guy, your guy was Kyle Gibson. Okay. Um, who's still with the team. Mm-hmm. He's one of the few that's still with the team. But you'd rather have Mike Trout. Yes. yes. My Toronto Blue Jays. They swung and missed at pick 20. Took some guy by the name of Chad Jenkins. Jenkins. Chad Jenkins. Who I don't think threw a pitch in MLB. Point being, is the best player in baseball, 24 pitch, 24 players were taken ahead of him. I just assume, Trent, because I, I, who, who follows the Major League Baseball draft, right? Mm, not many people. Not many people. I, I guess I just assumed he was a top five pick. You did. When I saw the piece... And it was that as one of the athletic writers wrote that the, um, about Mike Trout being drafted twenty fifth overall. I went, what? Twenty four pe- players came off the board before him. So then I googled. Well, think of what the story of Mike Piazza was. It round yes. And the only reason he was taken by the Dodgers is because of Lasorda was what his godfather, something like that. Yeah, there, there was some family uh-huh. angle and those kind of stories that are out there. Mike Trout going. At least he was a first-round pick. Yeah, but still, 24 teams had an opportunity to draft him and decided, you know what, we got this guy. We like him better. Really? He was a high school kid. It, it's hard to relay how it's going to be and, and how it's going to translate to the next level. But, but Mike Trout crazy. seemingly had to be whatever. He, he seems to me like he was one of these. I don't know how many sports he played as a kid. I'm guessing more than baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Mike Trout was the best player in every team he played for. Well, and how about this? Mike Trout, he was selected 25th. He was a compensatory pick. Or really? the signing of uh, Mark Teixeira. That's why the Mark Teixeira and, and the Angels had two. Yeah, they had one before that. They didn't even take Trout there. They passed Trout, <laughs> and they selected Randall Gritchick from my Blowjays. Yes. Who? So the so he was an Angel before he was a Cardinal. I guess I didn't realize that. Anyways, uh, just food for thought on the uh, on the uh, day after the slowest day in sports. Uh, we'll take uh, take the time out. Come back, Matt Schneider, CBS Sports joins us. Second half of the baseball season is, well, it starts tonight. How excited are you about, uh, I gotta be honest, uh, Rangers Astros yeah. is moving my needle. I know, I'm the exact same way. I, I've got a withdrawals, man. I, I put, I put in the update. I'm like, get us to, wish we had an afternoon game. Give yeah, me something. Something. Last right. night, it was terrible. It was Band of Brothers at my house. Boy, that Dick Winters was a badass. Did you watch that show? No, oh, no, not my at all. God. Dick Winters was a bad SOB. If Astros Rangers get out of hand, maybe I'll bounce over. And oh, find it's that. phenomenal, phenomenal! And all these guys—I'm not sure if any of the guys that were. Oh, you haven't seen the you haven't seen the show, so it'd be you're going over your head. But uh, um, some of the some of the guys that were portrayed in the uh, series, they um, start to start the show, and I think they're all gone. They're all gone. Anyways, Dick Winters. Bad, bad man. Uh, we'll take a time out. Matt Snyder joins us next. CBS Sports. Uh, Gary Reimer, the voice of the Panthers, 20 minutes away. And then Hawks and Clones. Well, Clones and Hawks, we're going to do Alex Halstead at 11.15, 11.20, followed in here by Mark Moorhouse, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 
Khan in Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. With you until noon, Gary Reimer, the voice of you and I, coming up in 15 minutes. Look forward to conversation with Gary. Then in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll do Clones and Hawks. Alex Halstead on Iowa State. Mark Morehouse joins us on the Hawkeyes. Matt Snyder right now, CBSSports.com, one of their MLB writers. Matt Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on, Matt Snyder. How are you? Ready for baseball to resume? Yeah, yeah, I am. I uh, drove back from Cleveland yesterday. It was nice to drive instead of having to fly and connect. And Yeah, so... Uh, Good break. Uh, ready to get it going again. Indeed. Well, I guess re- recap, uh, by all accounts, as, you know, as where we sit here in Des Moines, um, I-, I thought Cleveland did a terrific job. Uh, you've-, you've covered a bunch of them. Uh, where- did-, did-, did it uh, look as good in person as it came across on TV? Did they do a nice job? It did. Yeah, I think they did a great job. Uh, it was toward the top for me. Um, I, I'm always going to love San Diego the best just because the weather is ridiculous there. But uh, it was really good. I feel like the home run derby was the best of all time. And the game was uh, fast. It was a good, it was a well-played game. We had some home runs. We had good pitching. Uh, really, really good all around. So as we get ready for the second half, though, teams have played over half their games, everybody past the 81 game mark, the unofficial second half of the season. You look across baseball, and there are a lot of races that feel like they're out of hand. We still have the wild card. That'll help. What race, though, intrigues you the most? We got the five teams cobbled together, the National League Central, the Indians trying to run down the Twins, and the other divisions that are out there. What's the one that you're looking forward to watching here the rest of the way? Well, the, the Central is easy and obvious. I mean, uh, Brewers and Cubs seem like they're each trying to let the other one take it, and the other one <laughs> yeah, wants to take it. It's true. Uh, Cardinals kind of in the same boat there. Pirates, two and a half. The Pirates have been so bad at times, and then so good at other times. It's ridiculous. And you've got the Reds, four and a half. The Reds are in last place, but they're closer to first than any other second-place team in any other division. Hmm. That's uh, amazing. Uh- um, that again, like I said, it's the easy and obvious answer. But if you said exclude the NL Central, I'm intrigued by two: the NL East because the Nationals are six out. They were 19 and 31 at one point, and they've been amazing ever since. The Braves have been great since the start of June, but there are enough head-to-heads in there that the Nationals actually are a player, and the Phillies are six and a half out, so you can't cap them out either. And then the AL Central. Um, sorry, Trent. Yeah. What an eleven game lead at one point. Mm -hmm. They need to have it down to five and a half. The Indians have been great. Now there's a four game series right out of the break. Huge at Cleveland. Twins at Indians. I don't think you could count on like a sweep or anything. But hypothetically speaking, if the Indians swept the Twins, now it's one and a half in the race. A really, really tight and tough race. So I think. Uh, again, National League Central is the easy and obvious answer, but the NL East and the AL Central are entries. I want to ask you about Bud Selig. There was there was a piece that came out over the All Star break, and it was uh, essentially about the angst uh, that Selig felt as he was having to follow uh, Barry Bonds around uh, as he was in pursuit of the all time home run record. Like I get it on that hand that um, you know he knew he was a cheater. Uh, Hank Aaron was very close to Bud Selig. The last thing he wanted to do was recognize a guy that's taking the all-time home run record and doing so because uh, that's going to end up having an asterisk in his name. But Bud Selig wasn't 
I wasn't the most loved commissioner in in, in sports, putting it mildly. Uh, did you read the piece, and how did you take it? I don't like it. Uh, I don't. I, I I think he's a complete and utter hypocrite. He sat there and watched baseball get fat off PEDs. He didn't do anything about it until there was so much public push that they had to do something about it, and then they did something about it. And uh, he, he's in the Hall of Fame now. Um, one of the main reasons he's in the Hall of Fame is because he looked away from PEDs. And uh, he also took part in collusion, one of the biggest uh, commissioner, uh, owner-driven scandals in the history of professional sports. He was one of the owners and, and was a big part of, of collusion uh, and, and not paying players what they were due. And uh, he also oversaw the canceling of a World Series. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. only time that we've ever seen that in baseball history, he was a commissioner. He canceled the World Series because they needed to tamp down on player salaries. And uh, I, the, the commissioner's office is still completely in the back for owners. And Rob Manford got mad at me when I asked him a question about player salaries. Uh, and he brought up like 1989. I, I said, if they're not going to look for a long time, the salaries were okay. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You're going to get overpaid when you hit free agency, underpaid when you, before you do when you're in pre-arb years. And I said, if you're somebody like Juan Soto, how are you going to guarantee me that when I hit free agency, I'm not going to be Dallas Keuchel, I'm not going to be Craig Kimbrell? And he got mad, and he said, back in 1989 when I started negotiating this, the players always wanted a seniority term. So that, that's all well and good. But you didn't answer the question. You didn't tell me how you can guarantee Juan Soto is going to be okay when he hit free agency. That still stems from Bud Selig in collusion. Um, and the cancellation of the 1994 World Series. So while he might have been miserable t- talking about Barry Bonds getting close to the home run record, I was pretty miserable in high school when they canceled the World <laughs> yeah. Series in 1994. Yeah. I was pretty miserable when he colluded against the players, and it still continues to hurt the players to this day. So I don't like it, and sorry if I went too much off on a tangent, but I get pretty fired up because I think Bud Selig was an absolutely brutal commissioner. Yeah, and Twins fans will never like him because they tried no. to contract the Twins. And what year was that? 2000 Correct. what? Yeah, one, right, zero, one, right in that range. Somewhere, yeah. One, two, it, yeah. was, it was around there, yes. Yeah. He was talking about contraction of the yeah. Twins, absolutely. That's a great franchise. So we look at baseball and the All-Star break. It was so much conversation about Yes, some of the things you talked about there, but also about the baseball. The Athletic had a piece that Ken and I both tried to read, and it went way over our heads. Way over our heads. I didn't understand it. Manfred, he oh, had an explanation science. that yes, the yeah. science, yeah, yeah, the physics behind it. They, they, the baseball is centered better. The the core of the baseball is centered better. What's your read on this whole thing? What what's up with the baseball? I, I think that I'm gonna trust. I do trust the science angle even if I don't understand it or what. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not even the under, understanding it. It's like, I would like to think about sports and I don't want to think that hard yeah. about science. I don't need a degree, so right. Yeah. yeah, but it, it basically just is, it, it seems like there's less drag, so the ball's going to carry more. And I'm going to trust somebody like Justin Verlander, who has t- been throwing these baseballs every day of his adult life and is in his late 30s right now and he's a master of his craft. I'm going to trust Justin Verlander when he says it, it, something changed it, through the middle of 2015 and home run spiked since then. So I'm going to trust him. And I, I think that obviously the, one of the other things that I go to, minor league baseball has different balls. They went to the major league ball in AAA this year, and home runs in AAA set a record in April and May and June. 
So obviously there's something there. Um, it's not just, oh, the players are trying to hit home runs more than ever, which, yeah, they are, but they've always been trying to hit home runs. Uh, I mean, we, we just, you mentioned Hank Aaron earlier. Hank Aaron uh, once said people would rather see a home run than a no hitter. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's approach. I don't think it's analytics. I think that was the most ridiculous argument I ever heard. Uh, yesterday, somebody, I'm not going to mention who, but some, some national radio guys said it's analytics and no, you need to stick to football and, and because that's all you ever talk about. Uh, it's, it's the ball is juiced. Uh, whatever, I don't know what you want to call juiced, but it is much easier to hit home runs because the coefficient of the drag or whatever, I'm not smart enough to talk about that, but there's less drag on the ball. It's carrying more. And that's why there's a lot more home runs. Now, Pitchers are better than ever. Their stuff's better than ever. And that's why there's more strikeouts, too. It's not because guys don't care about striking out. I get tired of people saying that. They don't like striking out. They're just – it's when you talk about Noah Syndergaard throws 100 with a 92-mile-per-hour slider, and he's there, he's over four. But there are a lot of other guys who are much better pitchers who have stuff that is just amazing. That's why there are more strikeouts than ever. Now, there are more walks than ever because teams are emphasizing on base percentage. The one thing I worry about when we talk about all this is the three true outcomes are an overwhelming majority of the plays now, and I just wonder if the game gets less exciting when it's almost all strikeouts, walks, and home runs. Mm. Do we need more action in the field? And if you, one of my old bosses like to say, if you have a problem, you have to tell me a solution. Mm-hmm. If there is a solution to any of this, it's doing something with the mound, lowering, lowering it, moving it back, and then going back to the, the ball from pre-2015. Give us our old ball back, move the mound back, move it, uh, lower the mound, then we get fewer strikeouts, we get more balls in play, we get more excitement. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBS Sports, when 16 of the 30 MLB clubs are on pace to break their home run records by a team in total, uh, it's crazy. Some, something's going on. Speaking of uh, something going on, I'm excited about this, and we see rules come to minor leagues teams first with the pitch clocks at AAA. We're putting guys on second base so we get these games over with. They start in the minor leagues before they make it to the major leagues. Tonight. Uh, or perhaps in the last couple of days, robot umpires have arrived in the Atlantic League. It's an independent league, but uh, nothing drives me crazier than the the, the K zone on television when it's so mad when it's clearly six eight inches out of that thing and ring them up or right down the middle ball. Um, I, I'm ready for it, and I'm a and I'm old school, and I didn't think I ever would be. I'm, I still like t- ties in hockey, believe it or not, as opposed to says. But point being, robot umpires seemingly are starting to make their way into baseball. Will we ever see it in our lifetimes in Major League Baseball? Yeah, I think so. I, I think they're going to get at least on the strike zone, and, and I'm with you. Right. I, I know framing. Catch framing seems like because we came up with it. You know, once we got into high school, they're starting to teach guys you need to try to frame that, you need to present it. The, the guys in the bigs call it how you pr- presentation. Um, it really shouldn't be a thing, though. You know, like in what other sport is it a skill to like cheat the umpire, to cheat the g- game official? Um, it, it, it has to be there in every other sport. Like when you talk about like a, a wide receiver dragging his feet, well, they still actually have to be in bounds. Like you, it's not a skill to say, dot your toe two feet out of bounds and convince the game official that you were actually in. 
it's it, it shouldn't be a thing, and they need to fix the strike zone. I'm good with human umpires a, a, on anything else. Mm-hmm, me too. And, and we have instant replay. Um, I, I, I don't love replay all the time, but I think that if there's a blatantly missed call by a human being and we have to review that for 30 seconds, it's not the worst thing in the world. But the, the strike zone, it should be uniform. It should never change. It, it shouldn't go based on reputation. It should just be this is the zone. And uh, we have tech, if we have the technology to do it, I don't know if it's completely there to do it instantaneously. But if we do have the technology to get there, then we should use it. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, great to talk to you as always. We'll do so in the weeks ahead. Thank you, Matt Snyder. Appreciate you coming on. All right. Thank you. Yeah, good to talk to you, Matt Snyder. On MLB, Gary Rima on you and I. He's next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty. Oh. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. Time to talk Panthers, you and I, Panthers. He's the voice of Northern Iowa. Gary Rima joins us. Gary, good to catch up with you. How are you, Trent and Ken? I'm doing good, guys. How's everything in Des Moines? It's been a while since we've uh, we've had a chance to chat, and you know, here we are, just after the Fourth of July, and and you know, the football season's just around the corner. So, doing good. Looking forward to a, another exciting you and I Panther football season, and. I think it's going to be here before we know it, guys. I uh, hope you're right about that. And then on to basketball. And by the way, on basketball, did you see Joe Lenardi and his put on that? Look, not that it means a whole lot, but it was kind of neat to see uh, his first bracket uh, bracketology, his first bracket get posted. And he's got the Panthers winning the Valley and getting that, or the tournament at least, and getting that automatic bid. How about that, Gary? Love to see that. We were excited about that. Just to just to have that thought that you know a guy that that I think is one of the best or the best bracketologist feels like this UNI Panther basketball team can be the best team in the Valley this year. I, I, I thought I saw one earlier, uh, maybe towards the end of the year after the season was over. I thought he had Drake slotted. And then when his new one came out, he had the UNI Panthers in there. So yeah, we were, we were pretty pumped up about that. And, and guys, I, I, mean, I think the league's going to be good. And uh, the, the tough thing is it does look like, we're probably going to be a one-bid league, so you're yep. going to have to go win that conference tournament that the Panthers were in that championship game a year ago and just came up short against the Bradley Braves. Uh, football in a minute. Last thing uh, away from uh, the, the Nick Nurse uh, uh, angle. I mean, you got a ton of a ton of bump, I would think, from you know Nick Nurse going through the uh, NBA championship, and they talked about his alma mater and they showed pictures of him in his old uniform, uh, etc. Pretty cool to see uh, Nick Nurse uh, do what he did, and that's leading his team to an NBA championship as the head coach, and and more importantly. As an Iowan and as a U and I alum, I think it's a great story. When when you and I'm sure you guys talked about it. I know we talked about it a ton on my radio show out of Waterloo Cedar Falls. I actually, had Nick Nurse on for a 30 minute interview three days before the final started. He's just he's just such a great guy, and I I, I know you guys had interviewed him when he was uh, in, head coach of the the Iowa Energy and the G League, and I've done that a few times with him too, but. Uh, I, I, guys, I think it's a made-for-movie story. When when you think about all the the great sports true movies that are out there, from The Rookie to 
remember the Titans to the whole deal. I, I think the Nick Nurse story is, is should be a movie. I mean, the guy the guy was going to go to UNI out of Carroll High School. Uh, he was going to go to UNI and uh, and play baseball. And then he had a great when they used to do that Dr Pepper East West All Star game. The guy ahead of him gets hurt the day before the All Star game. He goes off for twenty seven points, and uh, the late coach Barry offers him a full ride to play basketball at UNI. So he, I mean, guys, when you look at his whole story and all the things that happened. He almost didn't even play college basketball. If he'd have played baseball, he may have went a whole different route than the basketball route. He's the only UNI Panther to ever be in the NBA, and he's there as a head coach. And as a rookie head coach, he wins, he wins the NBA title. I mean, guys, if you, if you went to the movie theater and they laid out that whole story about all the different things he went through from G League coach, was going to go to Iowa State or got was was hired to coach was. Iowa State with Greg Mc- Yeah, and then a couple days later Greg McDermott goes to goes to Creighton and, he, and the G League team in Des Moines takes Nick Nurse back and he leads him to the t- I mean, when you lay that all out if you saw that at the theater, you'd say that's a fabulous movie, how cool, but that would never happen. <laughs> it just would never happen that way, but it did. I, 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 I love the story and, and, and just, you know, he's such a, a great representative, not only of his hometown of Carroll, Iowa, but of the UNI Panthers and and of the state of Iowa. So uh, I, it just couldn't happen to a better guy. Gary, couple minutes on the football team as they get ready. Of course, the opener again this year with Iowa State. I got to start at the top, the quarterback position, the most important position in all of sport. Going to be a new guy there after Eli Dunn graduates, and uh, a local kid here from the South Side, from Des Moines Lincoln High School in the running to be the starting quarterback and Will McIlvain. But tell us what you know about the quarterback position. I remember after spring, they said it appeared to be kind of a 1A, 1B type of thing. Your thoughts on the QBs? Yeah, and I don't think that's changed at all here in the in the summer break, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to really heat up this fall, TC. There's, there's going to be four guys that are really going to battle for this starting quarterback spot. And, and, and it's, it's the huge question mark around this particular football team coming in this fall. We didn't have to really worry about that position that much the last couple of years with Eli Dunn. But if, if, if a quarterback can emerge, this team's got a chance to, I think, again, be really, really good, even though they're playing one of the top five toughest schedules in all of FCS football. But, you know, it's interesting. Look at This is the way I look at it. The starting quarterback is either going to be a, a redshirt sophomore in Jacob Keller, who saw appearance in, in two games, was only on the field for a few minutes so far in his career, and he's thrown one college pass in his career. Or it's going to be Will McElvain, the redshirt freshman that's never started a game at the college level. Or it could be one of the, the two true freshmen who in Nate Martins, who was an early enrollee and was in spring ball this year, but maybe didn't quite rise up to the play of Keller and, and uh, McElvain, or it's going to be Justin Fomby, the true freshman quarterback coming in from Lawrenceville, Georgia, 6'3", 184-pounder, dual-threat guy, put up huge numbers. So what I'm saying is the starting quarterback is going to have, whoever it is of those four, is going to have zero career starts at the college level so it's going to be a rookie directing this offense I do think that Will McElvain and Jacob Keller are the front runners and and I think you're right it's 1A 1B and we could see them both in that season opener at Iowa State but 
you know what, if, if one of the true freshmen just really looked great this fall, you know, Coach Farley won't be afraid to, mm-hmm. to go with them. But uh, it's, a, it's such a huge position, and, and they've got to find that guy that can lead this team because there's enough talent around that quarterback. There's going to be enough on the defense that if they can – they can find that guy to run the offense. We got a chance, I think, to be really good. Hmm. Well, uh, and there's no easing your way into it because they get Iowa State in Week One, as we talked about, and the Cyclones have their best defense, maybe in history of the program. Well, and and guys, the preseason uh, rankings that that this Iowa State team is getting. I mean, it just came out they're picked to finish third in yep. the Big Twelve. Some of the top the the, the polls have them in the top twenty five. Um, it it. It looks to be Coach Campbell's best team, at least going into the start of the season since he's been there. So, yeah, we, we always have our hands full when we got to play at Iowa State. It's going to be a, a little bit bigger handful, I think, this year, especially going into their house knowing that we've got a, a rookie quarterback, a guy that's never started a college game before that's going to that's gonna run the offense. But, um, you know, I, 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 I've got faith in Coach Farley. I like his new offensive staff. I like what Ryan Mahaffey's bringing to the offense, guys. He is, you know, with, with my, my grandson, Jalen Ryan, a wide mm-hmm. receiver on the team, he's always talking to me about what Coach Mahaffey's got playing. I think we're going to see some new, exciting, different things offensively uh, as this season wears on under Coach Mahaffey as our offensive coordinator. So, uh, I think we're in for some exciting times. I really do. Well, and how about week one? The fact that it's televised nationally, FS1 picking it up. That's a real feather. Look, it shows you how far Iowa State's come. On one hand, just the fact that the team on the other side of the field is going to be those UNI Panthers on Fox Sports 1. That's pretty good, Gary, uh, Gary Rima. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Love it. Love it. We're going to get that national coverage along with the Cyclones. I'm not crazy about the 11 a.m. start. I'll be honest with you about You're that. You're not alone. I, I, yeah. To me, to me, I. College football games should never start before 1 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. And at 11 a.m., some of us are, are just waking up at that time of the day, guys. But now it's, it, it'll be fun. It'll be a great way to start the regular season. And, uh, you know, we, we've always played pretty good in Ames. So hopefully uh, we'll bring our A game right out of the gate again. But really looking forward to it. And, and the other thing, Ken, TCI tell people, listen, Clemson had no trouble last year going with a, a true freshman quarterback and winning it all in FCS football. <laughs> okay. Why not? The, hey, the, the Missouri Valley Football Conference is known as the SEC of FCS football. Why not you and I, huh? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ah, uh, good one. Gary Riva joining us. Final thing for you, Gary. We'll get you out on this. It'll be the final season for you calling your grandson on the football field. It's crazy how quickly it's gone. Jalen will be playing his senior year. Just this experience over the last three years, and now the last time getting to call his football games. Oh man, I'll tell you. He first of all, he's absolutely loved his time at you and I. And I, I've just had lunch with him the other day, and he he just said, "Man, I cannot believe how fast it's gone." And I said, "We you know we tried to tell you that your freshman year that this thing's going to be over before you know it. So take it all in, prepare, and and you know give it everything you got every day because." It's it's like a a blink or a bolt of lightning and it's over and here it is his senior year and he's finally a hundred percent healthy he had a surgery on his big toe after this last season he he had tore a ligament in his big toe that never really you know we didn't nobody really talked about or didn't it wasn't out there but he was playing hurt some but he's finally a hundred percent healthy he's bigger and stronger than ever and he's just going to be one of a number of guys I think on the offensive side TC that can really turn some heads this year 
Uh, again, you get you find that quarterback that can run the offense, handle the running game, throw the football, run it some himself, and with all the offensive weapons, including Jalen, I I think that our offense can be really special this year. But but it's it's been so fun for me because I I've, I've been able to see every one of his college games. I I saw a handful of his high school games, but if he'd have went somewhere else for college, I maybe would have saw one game a year if I was lucky. But to travel with the team and with him on all the road trips. It, it's really been a, a special deal for me, too. So looking forward to his senior year, and I wish he had another one to go after that. Uh, well, you do, Gary. Rima, that's the good news for us. Uh, listen, pal, enjoy your vacation. We'll talk to you game week. Uh, it'll be here before we know it. Thank you, Gary Rima. Appreciate you coming on. Hey, great getting back on with you guys. Appreciate the coverage. Absolutely. Good to talk to you. Gary Ryman, the voice of the UNI Panthers. All right, Cyclone and Hawkeye conversation in the 11 o'clock hour. We're going to take a look back at how poorly we did on our wind totals to lead off the hour. 